Last week we had Anchor Brewing. This week we got Little John's Candies, a candy store. It's been in San Francisco a long, long time. It is closing. When a candy store can't make it, what are we even doing? Let's get into it. Here we go. Candy store. Brutal, right? Who doesn't like official candy? Not from, you know, one of the big manufacturers, a local candy producer. The times we live in, right? For the last 11 years, Little John's Candies has been one of the locally owned businesses working to try to revitalize San Francisco's mid-market corridor. But the owners now say, despite their best efforts, it's time to close the location. All right. As I normally do, I want you to see where this is on the map because that's important. Context is important, right? This is, uh, so they're calling this the mid market instead of Soma, which is south of market. We've got the mid market location. Here's the tenderloin. Here's the candy store. You know, what, what do you say? There's not a lot you can say. It's like, okay, yeah, foot traffic, an issue on the streets of mid-market. But it's been that way for a long time, right? So this is not brand new. But some of the developments, especially what the mayor is going to say here towards the end of the article, it's, it's interesting, and I've been watching this. The final day of business for the small candy shop will be Thursday, July 20th, in a couple of days from now. But it's already closed by the time you're watching this. That sucks. A candy store. That's like a 7-Eleven closing. I mean, that's just, don't do it. Shouldn't happen. Man, but what it does, it's sad. The owners say their plan is to open a different site, a different site, right? But they haven't found that site yet and don't know when they will open it. I don't know. We're not sure. It's going to be in another state. It's not going to be in California. No. Co-owner Christopher Graves did say he and his co-owner recently bought a kitchen space in Amador County, which is a couple of counties to the north and to the east of where it's located now in San Francisco. So <laughs> not in San Francisco proper. Let's just say that somewhere where they're still geographically fairly close and yet the impact from physically being very close to the tenderloin will not be felt, right? So I think they'd made the right call. And they're like, yeah, we're going to move a couple of counties. We're going to go a couple of counties over so that we don't have the ridiculousness going on that we did in uh, in the tenderloin, in south southwest of the tenderloin. They plan to use that to continue making candy and servicing their online customers. So they need, still need a base of operations. So what what possibly happened? you know, to make the candy store just go sideways. Graves saw plenty of growth in the first several years after opening, but then business leveled off. Okay, yeah, that does happen, right? Somewhere around 2017, 2018, the growth peaked. I think a lot of people want to, especially people in the city, the officials want to rope what's going on in that neighborhood into the whole COVID thing. People not going back into work, blah, 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 blah. The neighborhood was already kind of headed in the wrong direction before all of it. So he's saying that in 2017, 2018, 
things were already going in the wrong direction. And we know that to be true. It's just nobody wants to focus on it. Because if we focus on COVID, oh, yeah, things really got bad during COVID. Okay, yeah, they did. But they were already on their way. That 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 train had already, you know, left the tracks. It was it was it was going. That ship had already sailed. How about that as a better analogy? The neighborhood was already kind of headed in the wrong direction before all of that. And the work from home, the things that we're talking about that we typically talk about here on News for Reasonable People, what what the owner of the candy shop is saying, hey, those were already here. The pandemic, the whole work from home. That just exacerbated an already bad scenario. So, you know, it's putting out fire with gasoline. That doesn't work very well. Yeah, you throw a little gasoline on the fire. Whoosh! It's always an exciting time, isn't it? It's kind of like lighting your... It's like when you you can't quite get the barbecue to go. So you, you just, you know, you hit the button for a long time and you hear that hissing sound and you're like, wow. When I light this bad boy, it's really going to go. And then you duck your head down, right? You duck your head down and whoosh, that big loud poofing sound. And you hope that all the skin on your hand isn't burned and you keep your eyebrows. That's what you hope for, right? The shop then started to see foot traffic drop when Uber moved its headquarters from across the street to the Chase Center. The pandemic also cleared out other nearby office workers. Then Twitter laid off thousands, Elon Musk. That was funny. <laughs> Elon Musk interviewed, who was he interviewed by? I think Joe Rogan. Was it Joe Rogan? Maybe it was Tucker. Uh, they asked him, so you laid off all these people and you're still in business. And uh, <laughs> Elon Musk says, yeah, when you're when you're not running basically an activist company, it's surprising how few employees you really need. That guy's great. So then Twitter laid off thousands, further decimating the customer base. So yeah, you've got a lot of reasons as specifically, which are part of the greater part and parcel of why businesses have left downtown. But now these are the feeder businesses. So somebody loves chocolate. Somebody loves candy. They're going to work. They're on a diet. It's Thursday in the week. They're feeling bad about how things are going. They just need to go get some chocolate on their lunch break, right? They run down to Little John's and just get, get that blood sugar going up. Get it going in the right direction, right? Forget about carb counting. Forget about calories. Forget about fat count. Forget about grams of sugar. Not important. What's important is that you get that little bag of just deliciousness, right? Just deliciousness. Well, you don't have those people coming into the candy shop because they're not working in downtown. They're working at home and they're missing their delicious Little John's candy, but they're, they're figuring something out at their own local grocery store. You know, you go to that bulk goods part of the store and like, okay, it's not as good, but I'll get a little bit of candy here. And we'll, we'll call it, too. we'll call it good. I'll get myself a Hershey's. I'll get myself a, I'll get myself a Snickers. Have you noticed how small the Snickers are now? They're tiny. I mean, they're not much bigger than the Snickers used to get as a mini as a kid when you went trick or treating, right? Ah, times have changed. Back in my day, I used to get a Coke for 25 cents. I don't know. 
how, how much how much how much were they i remember getting a six pack for like i think a buck 50 which is exactly 25 cents that was when I elementary school so probably mid 70s maybe a quarter a can is that right does that sound right maybe it is that's weird now because now it costs like 239 for a 20 ouncer at the mini mart san francisco mayor london breed agreed the changes in the neighborhood have been challenging challenging but she said when little john does decide to reopen that when the uh the reporter happened to be interviewing little john's london breed walks by on the sidewalk so the guy hey mayor can i talk to you for a second she did she she talked to him and what what mayor london breed said is that when little john's does decide to reopen the owners could be eligible for some of the four million dollars in grants that she had just announced all aimed at helping small business all right so that's that's who doesn't want to talk about candy right but this last approach here, hey, we got $4 million coming, come and partake of our grant money and get that business going. Now, we could have spent that $4 million bucks on some more cops and arresting some people, but no, we want the PR from the grants to make the businesses go. But they're still facing the exact same problems that the owner of Little John's is, start, is, is saying started in 2017, to, to 2016, 2017, 2018, when he basically said, hey, things were already headed in this direction. So if you want to bring businesses in, don't F around with 4 million bucks in grants to small businesses. Because what are you going to do? You're going to parcel out 25 grand here, you know, parcel out 50 grand there to a whole bunch of small businesses. They're still stuck with their location that's just hellish. It's getting broken into all the time. There's human poop on the sidewalk. You got homeless encampments just all over. You've got riffraff. You've got break-ins. You've got drug use. You've got open-air drug use. You've got all of those things going on in close proximity to your business. Is twenty-five grand really going to be the incentive that you need to get that business going? All right, I could go over here where it's much safer. I could go over here. They've got you know security and it's nowhere near the tenderloin. Or I can go to the tenderloin because that's where they're handing all the grant money and I get 25 grand. I mean, that's going to pay for at least my first five break-ins. I mean, I'm, I'm good to go here, right? Now you're going to have to, you're going to have to put that grant money away for when you need it for when you inevitably get robbed. I mean, is there, is there any other way to see this? So. What business owners are going to say is, yeah, you know what? I'm probably not going to open up a business. I'm not going to take down commercial space in this area. I'm going to go somewhere where it's safer, where there's actually foot traffic. I know that's weird, right? There's all these areas where there's just no foot traffic. And that's because of this combination of things that have happened since the pandemic. But more importantly, the street conditions. What's it like walking up and down the street? Do you want to walk into your candy store and have, you know, play the dodge the human fecal matter drill on your way in? I'm going to get some chocolate covered nuts and then I'm going to avoid the human poop on the sidewalk. 
I mean, really? So this incentive for the grants by Mayor London Breed, she's got to do something, right? That's a short play. That's a short play. She's got to do something. She's got to be able to say, hey, I did this. This is what we're trying to do to entice people to come into our community, to come into these neighborhoods and do their thing. Which, which, you know, politicians have to do. But the, the, the real reality of it is that four million bucks in grants isn't worth a damn thing if you don't have streets where consumers are comfortable walking down the street to said little candy shop, right? All, all the grant money in the world doesn't matter because nobody's going to take it. And if you do take it, you're a moron because you've taken that short play for the long play and the long play is going to drive you out of business, which is it's not safe there. There's too many things from a business standpoint, too many hurdles to overcome. In real estate, we talk about buyer objections. That might mean the house is great, but all the feedback we're getting, they don't like the gold laced uh, wallpaper in the, in the half bath. They really don't like that. Everybody's just bitching about the gold laced, you know, whatever wall covering. So you do a little, you know, weekend project and you take out the wallpaper and away you go. Buyer's objection overcome, right? Problem is the objections that people are having in San Francisco. There's no easy fix. There's no easy fix. You, you, we've been heading down this road for, you know, eight, 10 years already. And I say we, I mean, residents of San Francisco and specifically the neighborhoods that we talk a lot about, particularly this one, because the Tenderloin has basically just been given up for, you know, escape from New York City type land. I mean, it's not much different than, you know, Skid Row in LA, where it's like, all right, guys, here's your blocks, go for it, do whatever you want. And it's just a massive party 24 seven of drugs. You know, in the Tenderloin, you've got, yeah, you got a little human trafficking, you got some drugs being sold, you got stolen goods. I mean, you got all kinds of activity going on. You got a lot of traffic. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of traffic, There's a lot of foot traffic. It's just the wrong kind. You don't have any of the foot traffic that can, that reflects consumers going in and purchasing from a store. A little, you know, not, not even necessarily little, but little John's candy store of all places closing down. That's, that's when you know, okay, yeah, maybe the economics don't make sense, right? But more importantly, it's a neighborhood issue. Spend all your money and time cleaning up the neighborhood. Hire some more cops. Get back to where you once were. But unfortunately, in order to do that, that's going to take a lot more money and probably a lot more will than the constituents of San Francisco currently have. Currently have. And so things are not going to change for the better anytime soon because there's no reason they should. The folks that are, you know, the mayor, Mayor London Breed, who's handing out the four million in grants, you know, the city is, you know, she's been doing a tough on fentanyl type campaign and they've done some arrests, but you know, the addicts haven't gone anywhere. You can, you can arrest a bunch of, you know, drug dealers, but guess what? I mean, we know where these guys are coming from, right? Honduras. They're Honduran. 
I mean, every, everybody is pretty much aware of that. And because San Francisco is a sanctuary city, if one of these Honduran drug dealers get arrested, ah, I'm an illegal immigrant. Go ahead, pay for my tax, pay for my uh, legal fees as well. And <laughs> this came out, I think, a week or two ago. And I've been hearing about the Honduras connection for for quite a while. And because of uh, Willamette Week's reporting of who you know are the drug dealers being arrested in Portland, they're from Honduras. Same thing. They started in San Francisco. They, you know, there's a real estate boom going on in Honduras because of the money that the drug dealers in San Fran and Portland are bringing back to their communities, specifically one community in Honduras. I mean, it's just this incredible story. So we know who's doing it, but what's going to happen is, you know, you arrest a bunch of drug dealers. They're just going to fill them with other bodies. Rinse, repeat, because they're making so much money. You know, the stat that I heard on a, um, it was a, a homeless, it was a Portland homeless video, and they were interviewing an actual drug dealer. And he said, with 400 bucks worth of chemicals you could buy on the dark web, don't go there. Don't do this, kids. I am merely reporting this. But you get 400 bucks worth of chemicals, batch it up. You know, I mean, you're playing chemist. You're playing God at that point, right? 400 bucks worth of chemicals will produce $100,000 worth of batches of fentanyl. So why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they fill, backfill just as fast as you can arrest drug dealers in San Fran? It's going to put them right back on the street. And just go, go, go. Because that demand is there. That drug, that demand for that drug is there. So, four million bucks in grants? Eh, oh, okay. Maybe somebody, maybe an art gallery owner or something takes it. I don't know. I'm just throwing out nonsense. Maybe somebody, maybe a shoe store is like, I can make that work. I sell hip hop shoes and I'm going to be cool and I'm going to, you know, decorate the exterior of my building with graffiti. I'm going to fit right in. I'm going to be cool. I'm going to sell a lot of hip hop shoes. I don't know. Just totally making things up here. But there's always somebody that takes advantage, right? And they're going to, they're going to take their shot. They're going to take their swing at making something go. But long term, if you don't have the basic fundamentals, if you can't overcome the basic buyer objections, which is the streets aren't safe in San Francisco, you know, do you want to invest in, uh, you know, your time, your life, maybe your life savings, your energy? Do you want to invest all of that in a business that's probably doomed from the beginning? I mean, you've got big buildings across the United States going back to their lenders. Podcast earlier today was a very nice building in Portland. This one earlier today in Portland um, that was being given back to its splendor deed in lieu of foreclosure thing was built in 2018 and had 78 million in debt on it. And they could not get enough tenants in the building to make it go. And a lot of that is happening in the downtown cores. And so, you know, cities like, like San Francisco are trying to come up with anything to fill these spaces to, to get this going, to get the mojo back, to get, to, to start overcoming the buyer objections. But in order to do that, people have to feel safe. 
I don't feel safe in downtown Seattle at all, partly because I read so many of these stories, a lot of stories that I don't share with you because they involve violence and they end up going absolutely nowhere on most platforms because they basically state, um, yeah, you know what? We just don't have advertisers for this type of content. It's like, okay, yeah, but the news, they cover this all day long and that's kind of what I'm doing. But there's so many stories of just crazy stuff going on out there. I don't feel comfortable in downtown Seattle anymore. I just like, I get back to my car if I've been a show or something. I'm like, thank God all the windows are there. That's great. This is awesome. Yeah, it smells like pee because everybody's peeing in this, you know, parking lot alleyway. But Seattle, you know, you don't necessarily want to have that on an ongoing elevated basis all the time. And that's that's what the the owner of Little John's is saying, is saying, hey, we're trying to blame this stuff on on pandemic and work from home. Yeah, but overriding conditions are this area of town was going the wrong way long before that. And now the mayor is trying to play makeup. By, you know, we've got all these grants. You can come and, you know, get some of that hard grant money. Really make a difference. How much are they going to give away? Don't know. But four million bucks, that to me is an insult. 50 million? Yeah. But here again, city of San Francisco does not have the budget. They don't have the budget for the four million bucks. They don't have the budget because they're upside down. What three quarters of a billion dollars, $780 million. And that is soon to go to $1.3 billion negative on the budget, meaning, you know, their income relative to their expenses. They've got these massive holes and a lot of it has to do with taxes not coming in the way that they used to, whether it's excise tax on the sale of real estate or just businesses being in downtown because they've got over a 30% vacancy rate and probably way greater than that once in the next year or two by, by 2025, a lot of this sublease space kind of works its way out. You could get to 40% vacancy rate in San Francisco in a heartbeat, I think. You've had major companies giving up space. Then you have, you know, companies like um, in LA, I was reading Skims. That is uh, Kim Kardashian. That's her shapewear and clothes design line. I don't know a lot about it, but I do follow Kim Kardashian just because, I mean, you know, why not? I need to, you know, I need to get my whatever it is, Americana youth fix, you know, pop culture. Um, I, I enjoyed following her when she was married to Kanye West. Can you imagine, can you imagine you've got the Kardashian family? I mean, they're, they're Hollywood just all the way. And then all of a sudden they got Bruce Jenner turning in, <laughs> you know, going from a man into a woman still stays a woman. Caitlyn Jenner, just an absolute diehard Republican, right? Diehard Republican. And then you got Kanye West, one of the moguls of hip hop music. All of a sudden, you know, he's wearing his MAGA hat. The Kardashian family must have been going, what did we do to deserve this? They're like, just, just between the two of you people, just be quiet, right? Cause they were so diehard, either Trump or Republican. So entertaining to watch all that go down. I was a big Bruce Jenner fan back in the day. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, that whole connection. And then you got Robert Kardashian. He was, you know, some would say a brilliant attorney. I mean, he was part of the dream team that got off OJ. 
you know, Jay went back because he's not too bright, but you know, the juice got loose, right? If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Man, I watched a lot of that trial at uh, work. I remember being super young and watching that and going, this guy, if this guy gets off, this is going to be something else. Because I think it was pretty clear that he did it. But that was a makeup call for Rodney King. Why can't we all just get along, right? But I digress. All of those are have nothing to do with this storyline. But they're interesting stories, right? Little John's. And the whole four million in grants, yeah, kind of goes to show, you know, if the basic business appeal of an area isn't there, there's no amount of grant money you can throw at it to make it, you know, appear good. You're just basically polishing the turd. Hey, here's an incentive to come on in here, but don't look around too hard, especially don't come here at night. You will never sign a lease if you come in here at night because it ain't pretty. So those are things that San Francisco is is dealing with and a lot of other major cities are dealing with at the same time. The amount of buildings that I am starting to see pop up in news stories. Yeah, this one's going back. This one's in default. This one, they're talking about deed in lieu of foreclosure. This one's selling for half of what it was purchased for before. This one was purchased and constructed for this. And now we're looking at this. And so much of it has to do with the whole work from home. And nobody's going into the office anymore. So we just don't need as much office space. And it's going to be a massive, massive story. You throw a little of that on there, along with the dodge the human fecal matter on the sidewalk like San Francisco has to, to deal with and all the other stuff I mentioned. It's no wonder that a candy company is like, we'll move two counties over. That'll be just fine. It's what we're doing. Doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, and, and a lot of times you, you want to say to yourself, what took that business so long to make that decision? People have been diehard about San Fran and running a business in San Fran. It's like, it's local. It's like, you know, one of those, it's a San Fran thing, right? We've got the, we've got the fish market in Seattle. We got the fish market. Everybody wants to come here and you know, see the guy ch- ch- toss the fish and do that whole little um, jive and chuck dance, whatever that is. And that's entertaining, right? But San Fran has so many little businesses and so many big businesses, Anchor Brewing being one, you know, recently. Anchor Brewing, uh, there are about a dozen investors looking to kind of crowdfund maybe keeping Anchor Brewing in San Francisco. That wouldn't surprise me one bit because people love their beer. Will we see that from Little John's? Will we see a bunch of chocolate fanatics come out of the woodwork? Make Little John's? Probably not. Economics probably aren't there. Little John's has already figured out a way they're going to make it work. Still going to sell their candy online, move a couple of counties away, get away from San Fran. They'll make it work, right? I mean, if you've been running a candy company for a decade, you'll figure it out. You can make that happen. All right. But if Little John's, you know, something changes, I'll let you know right here on News for Reasonable People. Thanks so much for being here. I will catch up with you on the next one. Bye for now.